And I just love a good short story where you can sit down in, you know, not much time, depending on the size of the, of the story, and you can sit down and have this complete tale that you've gone through. And especially some short stories, it's just the arc that you see in the character in such a, a few words is amazing and incredible to me, just as a reader, uh, to see that. And so it's fun to try that as a, as a writer. From cave drawings to family histories to stories around the fire, humans crave order among chaos, connection amid isolation. So we tell stories. Our mission at the Storytellers Network is to bring the art of story to the masses. Whether you're in marketing, you're an entrepreneur, or you're developing your own personal brand, telling your story effectively can make the difference between celebrating milestones and collecting unemployment. The Storytellers Network strives to help storytellers tell their stories so you can learn from the best. Now, your host, Dan Moyle. Welcome, storytellers. I'm your host, your guide, your librarian. Uh, I'm Dan Moyle, and I love story. I love sharing the stories, storytellers I admire, and some I'm just getting to know along with you. It's what moves me. I believe in the power of story because it connects us. It's what makes us human from culture to business to learning. Story is critical to our communication. And what better way to learn how to do it better than to hear from expert storytellers from all walks of life. And before we get into the conversation, a nudge to visit the website. Head over to thestorytellersnetwork.com for past episodes with amazing storytellers, links to resources to help you be a better storyteller, and contact information for me. And be sure to subscribe via email. You can sign up for that there to get monthly notices on new episodes. Now for the show. Joy E. Rancatori writes fiction, nonfiction, and everything in between. And when she's not doing horrible things to her characters or dreaming up fairy creatures and fantastic weapons, she beats her husband at card games, homeschools her two children, snuggles her two stinky dogs, and lets her cat, Tolkien, do whatever he wants. Because that's what we do with cats, right? We let them do what they want. Uh, so now in one of her bios that I found, she says they'd all prefer to live in Middle Earth or Narnia or Hogwarts or in a galaxy far, far away. But for now, they live near New Orleans. So she, I tell you, when I read this bio, I had, I had to use it because it's so well done, so much fun, so much good story here. So thank you, Joy. Uh, Joy's biggest writing accomplishment to date, and we talk about it in our conversation, is penning the cover story for uh, the August 2003 issue of Leatherneck Magazine of the Marines. It featured her brother, Justin. So we'll hear about why that's so important to her in this conversation. Buckle up. It's time for the stories. Joy, welcome to the show. Appreciate you making time to speak with the storytellers today. Uh, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. I love how small the world of the writing community is. Um, I mean, it's big, but it's small. I asked Michelle Keener, a previous guest, uh, who should I have on the show? And she mentioned you as one of her suggestions. So I'm very excited for this. That's so sweet. She is amazing. I, I've, that's one of the greatest things about the writing community is just the community itself. Um, so many writers are just so kind and so warm and that's incredible. So she's one of those for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. It was a great conversation. I enjoyed her book. Um, so I'm excited to get into our story. So let me ask this first, Joy. Uh, do you consider yourself a storyteller at heart? I do. Mm -hmm. I definitely do. Yes. That's, that's the easy one, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Where does where did that start for you? How did you realize that that's what what you were? What made made you up? Wow, that's a good question. Really, as uh, as a child, honestly, that far back, I remember lining up my stuffed animals and telling them stories. Nice. <laughs> I remember, you know, when I had pets, uh, I would tell them stories. And I've also always been a night owl. So even when I was put to bed at night as a kid and I was supposed to be sleeping, I was actually in there making up stories. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I mean, it goes that far back. And then I started as a journalist. That's how I got started. I was a published writer at age 16. And so um, that's kind of where it all began. And I kind of pushed off the book thing. I didn't think it was really possible and had a lot of doubts and stuff like that. And uh, then finally here I am. I couldn't, I couldn't shake it. (laughs) So you've always been a storyteller, been a a writer, and now you're an author as well. So it just keeps going up. That's awesome. So you, so first published writer back at 16, what did that look like? So I got to write for a local newspaper. It was a weekly newspaper in a very small rural area, Uh, but I learned so much through that. I really did. I, uh, the editor ran my byline as Joe E instead of Joy E. Um, I think that it was a character building thing, honestly. (laughs) I think she did it on purpose. But I just, I had so many opportunities. I got to sit down and most of the stories that I did at that time were human interest stories, which really I preferred. Um, Later in my career as a journalist, I got to do the hard hitting news, but that was never what I really loved. Um, I loved sitting down with veterans and talking with them and sharing their stories. And I loved sitting down with ladies who were quilters and sharing their stories of, you know, how they would come together in a circle around these pieces of fabric and put them together. You know, those are the kinds of things that really, really moved me. And I loved to write and share with others. It's funny because there's ties, even though we don't know each other, there's things in common. I was in TV journalism for almost a decade and same thing. I loved those human interest stories. Um, the veteran stories of people coming home. I used to volunteer for a nonprofit to help veterans. Um, and so like, there's just those ties of human connection and story that connects us that, that, that runs that thread. So that's, that's really interesting. Um, now you, so going back, I I was, as I was getting to know you online, I saw there was a a reference to you wrote a, a cover story for Leatherneck. Uh, about your brother. So let's, let's go back to that then. Tell me a little bit about that story about your brother and how that all came about. That still is probably my shining achievement of anything else. Um, that was it. I was in college at the time and I was taking a magazine writing class and our part of our assignment was we had to write and submit six magazine articles. So of course, you know, I got rejected on all but this one, but this one got accepted. And that was for me the biggest thing because Leatherneck is the magazine of the Marine Corps. And most of the time they they only publish Marines, um, people who work for them, things like that. But for whatever reason, the editor at that time accepted my article and they made it the cover story. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they sent, my brother was, at that time he was stationed in Hawaii and they sent a photographer to take some pictures of him. He is a bagpiper. And so he was, um, he had done so many events uh, alongside the bands, the Marine Corps bands, wherever he was stationed. Uh, so they took pictures of him in his kilts and with his bagpipes and all of that stuff. Hmm. 
That's cool. So how, did he appreciate being the subject of, of your journalistic integrity? And <laughs> I think he was pretty pleased. That's cool. My brother has been, uh, I have three brothers and a sister and all of them have been extremely supportive, but Justin is the one who has probably read more of my work than any of the others. And he writes a lot as well. And so we have a lot of those things in common. Mm -hmm. So it's fun to share that. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to me. So this is one of those off script moments for me. It's interesting to me that I think of Marines and I have s several in my family. Um, mm -hmm. In fact, we just laid to rest a Marine who was in his mid nineties. Uh, so lifelong Marine Corps uh, family, you know, but you think of them as the, the toughest of the tough. They're like, they're not going to be interested in writing. And yet your brother plays music and writes and does these things that we think of as artistic and, you know, not hardcore, right? But yet he's a Marine. What a, what a cool dichotomy. Did you explore that at all with, with what you wrote? I don't think in that article so much. Mm. Um, yeah, not so much in that. But it has been interesting and fun to just kind of see him pursue all of those creative passions, you know, alongside everything else that he's done. He, uh, he did get out of the core after he had cancer. Um, and so after that, he decided to get out and he is a pastor now. Um, so uh -huh. he, you know, he's done so many things in his lifetime. It's, it's really quite fascinating and motivating, I think, um, that, you know, you don't have to do just one thing. And I think that that's the best thing about life. You know, you can, you can do, you can follow um, one path for a while and then maybe another path opens up. And it's interesting to see how that can, can kind of go. Is that one of the things that you love about being a, a writer, storyteller, author is you can explore those things through your writing? Yes, you got yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. It really is. I think that's one of the things that I loved about writing for a newspaper too, because I, every day was something new. Like mm -hmm. it was, it wasn't, you know, you weren't stuck in the rut of this one thing that you do every single day. Um, I never knew what stories were waiting for me when I arrived at the, at the office, you know, and, or what stories would pop up as I was out in the community. Um, and I just, I love that. And I, and that's something that I bring into my writing. It's, it's part of why I'm a multi-genre author. I could never, I don't think I could ever fit myself into one genre. Um, I so far have published uh, Southern fiction, um, a nonfiction, um, but I've also written historical fiction and fantasy. Um, well, part of the fantasy has been published, but, uh, yeah, so it's very, it's, it's rather diverse and, you know, it's a little bit like my musical taste, I think. All right. So I'm intrigued. Musical taste. Hit me. I, I love music. I've got, uh, as we're recording this on video, not published, but over my shoulder is a, a musical poster. So what's your, what's your, what are your genres of music? Jack Johnson. I see that. I like him. <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So um, I love everything from metal to classical to uh, bagpipe music to um, harps and cellos and anything. Honestly, mm -hmm. I just love it. When I write fantasy, I love to listen to um, things like Enya and like more Celtic mm -hmm. kinds of music. Uh, mm -hmm. When I was writing my debut novel, Any Good Thing, I listened to a wide variety of things, but a lot of rock, a lot of metal, um, kind of influenced that. Mm -hmm. So, yes. <laughs> Excellent. That's good. That, man, I tell you, we are, we're like best friends already. Um, <laughs> so speaking of, of any good thing, uh, that seems to also be inspired by service. Uh, is that just a 
also a thread in your family? Is that just intrigued you? Like, how does that come about? Uh, it's definitely in my family. My father was also a Marine. Uh, so my main character in Any Good Thing, his name is Jack Calhoun. And he starts off kind of rough, you know, uh, makes some mistakes. But there are also a lot of things that happen to him uh, that send him spiraling. And so as he's going out and he's trying to, to figure out what he's supposed to do in life, he does join the Marine Corps. Um, and so I just, I kind of knew like a kid coming from a rural, a rural background, um, you know, he's had some issues. He doesn't really know his place. He's going to go into the military. Um, a lot of times that's kind of where they, they go. And the Marines, it just had to be the Marines because that's what I know the most about. So now my, my husband is from a, an army family. So his brother and his dad were both in the army. Uh, so I have that side and I always like to you know, kind of joke with them and pick on them. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, yep. my side is, is Marines. Right on. And, and how big of a part is that to, to Jack's story? It's, if you're looking at page numbers, it seems like a very small amount of time when he's actually in the core, but the things that happen to him there are uh, instrumental in the rest of the story. So I felt like that was kind of the heart of the book, and uh, it was important for me to get all of that very correct. Mm -hmm. So I actually worked with my brother and two other Marines in the writing of it to make sure that that part, even though it was small, wanted to make sure it was as accurate as, as possible. Mm -hmm. And it seems like that's, I mean, gosh, what an easy metaphor to make, but like that's part of the life too. So many Marines are in for only a few years and yet, so their page number is small and yet it is such an impactful thing. Once a Marine, always a Marine, right? Absolutely. Um, so yeah. So yeah, so interesting. So why do you think, we as humans love stories so much. What is it that moves us about story? Well, I think that we were created to be part of the greatest story ever told. Mm. You know, you call, you, you've heard it called his story. You know, it's uh, an ongoing storyline that began at the beginning of, of time and it will continue. Uh, and we're all part of that. We're all a little tiny part of that, but we're part of it, which I think is exciting. And another thing about why we crave stories so much is it helps us understand ourselves. You know, even when you pick up something that's fiction, um, in a really well-written story, you're going to find something about yourself in there. You're going to learn something about yourself. And I think that that's something that we crave uh, or learn something about the world around you. You know, that's another part of it too, just trying to make sense of, um, Sometimes of the tragedy around us, sometimes of um, the loss around us, uh, understanding relationships and love and, and all of those things that, that come into really well-written, good, deep stories. Mm. And so on the flip side then, if that's what we love about stories, what do you as that storyteller at your core love about bringing them out into the world then? Oh, wow. Oh. I, mean, I think it's the same thing in reverse. It's just, it's the, well, when I have stories, they, they kind of bubble up inside of me and there's, there's not an option to not let them out. You know, it's, and that's kind of where I came down when I decided to finally pursue this, you know, it was like, I can't not write anymore. I can't not get these stories out anymore. 
And that's really what it came down to for me. So to be able to first get those stories out and then develop them and polish them and make them something worthy of a reader's time, um, there's that part. And then to see where it goes from there, you know, to see the effects that it has. Um, you know, even, even with my first novel, like, you know, I've, I've already seen some, some little things, some ways that it's gone out into the world that have just really touched me. And it's like, this, this is, this is it. This is what I want to keep doing. I want to keep putting out good stories that can help others or that can touch someone in some, some way, um, whether it's to cheer them up or just, you know, help them find something that they can relate to. Like, I was there too, or I'm there too, or whatever the case may be. It, it is that connection, isn't it? And it's so interesting to be able to connect with people that you've never met through writing where they connect with you. And it like, it's such a, an interesting thing. It's worthwhile is what I hear you say. It is. It is yeah. definitely worthwhile. So what's your biggest challenge then with storytelling? Uh, I think it's probably because the stories are so, um, so personal because they've come from inside of us, you know, um, that in effect, you're, you're really bearing your soul. And sometimes that's going to get shredded. It just is. There are some, you know, not everyone is going to like every story. Uh, I've been very, very blessed with the reviews um, on my novel so far, which has been wonderful. But I'm sure that one of these days I'm going to get a scathing review. It's just, it's a matter of time. You know, I, I, as a journalist, I kind of developed a little bit of a thick skin. So, you know, but this is different because this is coming from such a deeper place. You know, this is, this is, these are words from the heart, not so much just telling someone else's story. This is a story that came from within. So I know that those things are going to hurt. Um, but it's focusing on, it's focusing on those good, um, those good opportunities where readers really connected with it and the words that they say. Um, so I think that that's the challenge is to remember that you are telling the stories that you were meant to tell and not everyone's going to love them and that's okay. Mm-hmm. In, in marketing, I often say to people, you can't be everything to everyone, but it's so hard to remember that when it is so personal, I guess, huh? That is true. That's yeah. so true. So is that, uh, so I've, is that one of the differences that I think it's what I heard you say is the difference between like a journalist and telling someone else's story versus being a, a novelist is coming from you. It's, it's a very different way to tell a story then, huh? It really is. And, and there is that difference too between the nonfiction uh, and the fiction. You know, I just put out um, my first co-authored nonfiction book, which was a lot of fun. But even that, you know, of course, I want, I want people to connect with it. I want it to help them because that's the point. That's the purpose of it, uh, to help other writers. But there's not that, um, that soul connection. I don't know another way to say it really as to the fiction because you know the fiction is something that's completely a story that grew inside of my mind and my heart you know it's it's a lot more personal and as that story is growing in your mind and heart and you find that inspiration where does that inspiration come from for you a lot of places really anywhere um it can come from a line that one of my kids say it can come from a news story. It can come from um, music. You know, music really drives me. I love music. Uh, it can come from just 
a little idea that came from somewhere in my imagination, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, that's why I said, I always joke that I said I would never write fantasy because J.R.R. Tolkien is my favorite author of all time, of course, and I think that he did it perfectly, so why bother, <laughs> right? No one can ever be sure. as great as he was, uh, in my opinion. But I had these little fairies that kept sitting on my shoulder and whispering things to me, and I couldn't mm -hmm. ignore them. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, so it's things like that, too. Do you think there's a, a, a f other authors out there that will have the impact that Tolkien had on us? I mean, like, he, you know, and C.S.S. Lewis, or C.S. Lewis and, and other people where we're talking about them so much, you know, so much down the road, right? Right. Are there those writers there today that are having that impact, do you think, on future generations? I mean, there have to be. I hope so. I do right? hope so. You know, something that, this is funny that you, um, that you asked that because I just finished the book, Becoming Mrs. Lewis by Patty Callahan. And a few years ago, I read The Fellowship, um, The Literary Lives of the Inklings, I believe is the name of it. And that's by Carol and Philip Zaleski. Um, that was an excellent book. It was, it was actually, uh, quite instrumental in my finally, you know, getting over myself <laughs> and moving on with things. So um, just thinking back over how so many of the great authors over time, they've been part of communities. Um, like Joy Davidman, who became C.S. Lewis's wife, uh, she started out with a, with a group of writers in New York. When she went to London, she immediately found a group of, she called them sci-fi boys you know, that she would go and meet with. Um, and then of course the Inklings, which is probably the most famous group of writers of all time. But I was thinking about how um, we don't necessarily have, although we do, we do have some in-person, you know, things like the Inklings that, that go on all over the world today, which is so exciting. Um, but we also have the internet and we have the opportunities to, uh, to meet up and to connect and to, collaborate, uh, even with people that we've never met in person, which is a little mind boggling. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I think that having that community is really what made them so great. Because Lewis, it took Lewis to, you know, push Tolkien to finally let go and stop, you know, editing and, and nitpicking and, and revising, like let it go, you know, and it took, it took Tolkien to kind of um, say some harsh things to Lewis and, and, you know, get him to get even better than he was. You know, it just, it took that, um, that love of the literary, um, just the love of literature, but also the love of one another and respect of one another uh, to really push their works out into the world, I think. So the, the, the difference then between what they did for each other, sharpening each other, and what haters and trolls do is the, the, the love behind it then, right? The respect. Yes. Yes. I mean, really. Definitely. It's the biggest thing is the love and respect. Mm -hmm. yeah. So how do you think, I mean, how do you think the internet would have changed it for those writers? Would, would JRR and CS be completely <laughs> different than what they are today if they had the internet at their fingertips? That's a really good question. I don't know. I mean, because, that's fun. <laughs> well, you know, because Tolkien was very, uh, he did not like the technology that was happening even back then. You know, he was very resistant to that. And that's reflected in some of his writing. So it's kind of hard to like think, you know, 
you know, some of those things were, were kind of reflected in their writing about mm -hmm. their, um, especially his uh, not being so fond of that. So I don't know. I'm very curious to know what he would mm. think of, <laughs> of things today. <laughs> yeah. So there's a, there's a new book. Let's bring, let's bring those uh, epic writers to, to the current day and see what happens in our imaginations. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> See, I'm good at the ideas, the execution. That's a whole different story. But anyway, there you go. <laughs> so, Joy, how do you think we can use story uh, to improve our everyday lives? I think, I think it goes back to what I said earlier that in every story you can find something about yourself mm -hmm. and about the world around you, and when you really. Uh, when you really pull all that in and you really reflect on those things, um, you're going to improve not only yourself, but the relationships that you have. Um, and I think that that's one of the great things that literature does for us is, you know, just gives us a better, uh, more of an empathy, I think. Um, so there's that aspect and just a better understanding of the world in which we live and our place in it. So how important is it then? I mean, I guess maybe this sounds like super simple, but how important is it then to take in those stories that maybe don't look like our story? To get to know someone else better. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you've heard the, the stories of I've, I've lived a thousand lives because I've read books, you know, mm -hmm. and that's so true. Um, I would, I would not know a lot, well, you know, I'm thinking about books that I recently read and like with Joy Davidman, you know, she was a mother and a writer. And so I connected with her so much through that book because we shared those things. Um, but there are other things, you know, that, that she did that I would, will never do, you know, or I will never, I will never have those opportunities. But through reading about her, you know, I feel like I've participated in that journey to, to some extent. Um, I'm trying to think of other examples, but, but yeah, just being more empathetic and putting yourself in someone else's shoes when maybe you wouldn't have done that if you didn't pick up that book about mm. someone who lives on the other side of the world and is completely different from you. Mm. Um, yeah, whatever the case may be, I, I really do. I really do think that that's important. It sounds like maybe you think what I've been thinking lately anyway is that story can bridge that gap where there's so much, you know, divisiveness in our, in our country, in the world, just between humans in general. I mean, it's always been that way. Right. It just feels like it's more now because of social media and big media, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. um, but that story really can humanize another side. So picking up a book that maybe the author looks different than us or takes a different look at something than us and just, just being open to it can really help. It sounds like, yeah. Definitely. I think so. I think you, you're a hundred percent right with that. Um, it gives you, yeah, it just gives you an opportunity to see something from a different perspective without all of the, the arguing, you know? And I think that that a lot of times gets in the way we want to, we want to make our voice heard and we want to present our case, but we don't necessarily want to listen. Mm -hmm. But when you're reading a book, you're listening. And that's, you, you just listen. And um, yeah. When you're reading a book, you're listening. I like that. Mm -hmm. um, so let's, let's get a little bit tactical then. Mm -hmm. How, so you've, you've released a couple books now. 
uh, your, your novel. And then you just talked about your, your co-written one. How are writers supposed to get our stories out there today? How do you do that? Well, we have so many options, uh, so many things that didn't exist even a few years ago. Um, and there are a couple of ways I mean that. One is just in, in publishing, the publishing industry in general. Uh, we have traditional publishing, we have indie publishing, we have hybrid publishing, we have all these options that even a few years ago weren't as readily available. Um, I am an indie author and I, I love it. I'm, I'm so excited about that. It's, it's something that, um, that just fits me so well. And I'm glad that I have that opportunity. Um, because like I said, a few years ago, it wasn't quite so easy to do that and to do it well. Um, and so I think that that's important. But then, you know, you look at things like, um, oh, and I'm not going to remember the name of it, but there's, there's the, the website where you can go and you can post your, and actually I think there's more than one. Uh, I just had one in my mind where you can go and post your work and, you know, maybe you put out a chapter a week or, you know, however you want to do it and people can read along and it's free. You know, and so it's a way to get your work out there and to interact with readers in a way that's free. Um, and that didn't exist a few years ago, which I think is kind of a cool way to just to learn how to interact with readers. Um, so there are so many different ways. I don't know. And then just the, the opportunities that we have between our local independent bookstores. Um, and they are they're very excited to partner with good local authors, you know, and find ways to get their books to their local readers. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you have all the online ways that you can sell your work. Uh, so yeah, we have so many, so many ways. It's got to kind of pick and choose and test and just keep doing it. It's a grind, huh? <laughs> it is. You're right about that. <laughs> yeah. So I just, I just read a book by my, by listening. Um, and then actually instead of being like on audible, it was a podcast, uh, a colleague of mine, former guest, Joe Polizzi, who has written business books, wrote fiction and put it at, basically as a an audio drama podcast, but it's going to be a That's written book as well. Cool. Like it's just different. It's so fun to see how people get their stories out there. So yeah, yeah storytellers keep trying it because it's, it's very interesting. And his was called A Will to Die. And it was really interesting. No, I'm gonna have to look that up. That that really is interesting. I love that. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, we used to have radio theater or, or whatever. Yeah. And so yep. this basically I love that. That's great. And and yeah, each chapter is an episode. Mm -hmm. And if and if you it just keeps going. I was I was traveling at the time. I was so I was on planes and whatever. And it was just perfect. And it, it mm -hmm. took me out of everything else that I was doing and it was great. And yeah, radio drama has turned into audio drama podcasts. So it's really cool. Um I had so many options, like you said. Do you find any particular social media that, that helps you, that you enjoy? Well, what I've found, because I'm, I'm on all of the, the main platforms, um, it seems like Facebook is best for really interacting with readers for mm -hmm. me. Um, and Twitter is the best for interacting with other writers. And then Instagram is somewhere in between but you also get a lot of like the bookstagrammers, so like the book bloggers and, and things like that. So that's kind of what I've, what I've discovered. And I'm still trying to figure all that out yeah. <laughs> about how to best utilize each one. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
and not waste your time and <laughs> take time away from your husband and kids, right? Exactly, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I had the same thing with my, my wife and daughters. Like I, I love being on social and making connections, but then it's like, okay, put the phone down and go be with humans. Um, right. <laughs> so uh, how, how have you found um, the, the, that, the different social media channels? I mean, you just kind of like went down how each one kind of works with audiences. But how have you found that social media has affected your actual storytelling, like the craft of what you do? Oh, wow. I haven't thought of it that way. I think that it's made me more aware of the readers themselves. Um, well, you know what? I do have a good answer for that. I think that it's really through social media where I had a mindset shift from being a little scared of having readers, you know, it's that worry of, oh, what are they going to think? Like, maybe I'm, I'm really not good. <laughs> like, you know, those kind of things to a craving for readers for my stories. And I think that it was really through social media. It was a combination of um, my presence on social media and my weekly newsletters that I send out that that mind shift happened. So just seeing, um, seeing the excitement in, in people when I share a, a cover, you know, or um, a line from the book or, you know, whatever it may be, whatever these little nuggets are. And then to see their excitement made me realize, hey, this, you know, someone wants this. And it, it completely changed me to being excited about sharing that and having readers for my stories. Hmm. Interesting. I like a, from being scared to craving readers. That's a good transition. That's interesting. Um, it's good to know that you're not, I'm not the only one that's scared for people to see my stuff. So. Yeah. No, I think every single writer, if they're being honest, will say yeah. that. <laughs> right. Right. So Joy, you mentioned earlier, yeah, you're, you, you're an, an, an indie writer, independent writer. Um, you talked about the different kind of publishing platforms and how everything has changed for us as, as an author and storyteller and could be the same or different, but as that, as your profession, what is making it quote unquote, making it look like for you then? Oh, I think for me, making it is just continuing to move forward. Hmm. And along with that, finding more opportunities to connect with those readers. Um, the ones that, that enjoy the stories that I put out, you know, the ones that, that really like that style or, or that tale or that character. Um, and thanks to social media and all those things that we have these days, it's so much easier to connect with readers and to hear their thoughts and, you know, to just kind of maybe even have a conversation about some of my characters with a reader one day, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. So when you have those characters, do you, I mean, it seems like you could take one character and create a whole, obviously the backstory is within the book, but also like the whole backstory and they, they're living and breathing for you. Is that, is that how you see them? They live and breathe and they're there. That is so true. It yeah. really is. It's, it's interesting with my, uh, with my novel, I, I have backstories on so many of the smaller characters in the book. Mm -hmm. And so I decided, of course, you can't put everything into a book. Nobody, nobody would read, you know, a million pages. <laughs> and so I decided to pull some of those and put together some, a collection of short stories with some of the backstories of a few of those smaller characters. Mm -hmm. And I'm very excited to share that. Um, hopefully next fall is the plan for that one. And just to see, 
you know, where those people came from. And a couple of them ended up only having a few lines in the book. Um, but I had written so much more about them. So they are so real to me and I'm excited to get to share, to share their stories. Oh, that's cool. That's, that's really cool. I like that. It's like, I guess in, in sci-fi, they call it canon, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, the star Wars canon or the Harry Potter canon or blah, 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 whatever. But to have that for your stories, then that has to feel pretty good. It does. It does. (laughs) That's cool. Um, so, so making it looks like continuing to do what you do. Is there a difference in your mind then as, as a, as an author who's, you know, young in the business, so to speak between indie author and let's say I've been published by, I don't know, Penguin, Random House, McGraw Hill, whatever. Like, is there a difference in that too? Or is it just a matter of building your audience where you want to build it? I think that it's, it's completely different for each writer. And I think that I think for me, it was a decision that this is the right thing for me. And I know that it's going to be in some ways a more uphill battle. Um, And it's still hard for authors who have been picked up by one of the big five. You know, they still have a lot of marketing to do themselves. They still have a lot of that work that that sometimes people may not realize um, that that really does fall to the authors a lot of times these days. So it really just comes down to what works for the writer. Um, I, as I was considering it, I was thinking it through, I looked back at so many experiences that I've had over my lifetime, opportunities that I had, jobs that I had that a lot of times I didn't really even want. (laughs) But as I look Mm -hmm. back, I see how each one prepared me to take on this task of, um, you know, being my own publisher and marketer and, you know, all of these things that go into, um, you know, an indie author. And so for me, it just, it made sense. Whereas it may not make sense for someone else, you know? And I do know some, some writers, you know, for them being published by a traditional publisher is, you know, it's something that that's their goal. That's their desire. And for me, it wasn't that big of a deal. You know, it's just, it's a different way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to have words out there to reach some readers at this point is mm-hmm. really kind of where I was. There, is there any correlation for you between, and as much as you love music, this might make sense. Um, you know, it's kind of the same in the music world, right? It used to be, you had to get a record deal and now you can, it's almost like you can publish on iTunes yourself or whatever. I mean, you can get your music out there and you have, I don't know if it's more control is good good or bad but like you have direct connection now to the audience where you had to go through a bigger one is there a correlation there do you think definitely i think that the the indie wave i guess if if you want to call it that has kind of swept throughout artistic circles um i remember and i can't remember who the singer was um it may have been colby calais can't remember for sure but I mean, she launched her career by putting a video of herself on MySpace. That was back when MySpace was a thing. Right. Some people today are like, oh, what? What was that? <laughs> yeah, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, definitely being able to just put stuff out there and you never know, find a mm-hmm. following. YouTube is huge for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Again, technology brings it, brings more to the world. So very interesting. Um, so between you know, novels and nonfiction and blogging, which is a micro writing um, and even more micro social media posts um, or just uh, conversations like podcasts. Do you have a favorite platform for your storytelling so far? I, I definitely written um, 
I just, I still tend to get a little tongue tied when I speak, Mm -hmm. but I do love to speak. It is fun, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but um, writing is just so much more natural for me and short stories, I think is what I would come down to. If Mm -hmm. I were to choose one thing, I would, I would go with short stories. I, that's the way that I've been exploring my fantasy world and I've been kind of world building along the way through short stories. Um, for a while there, I was putting out one a month. Um, I've slowed down a little just in the past few months because I've been so focused on releasing a new book, but, uh, that's something that has helped me so much and taught me so much about that world. And so it's a way to, to sink into it for a small period of time and move a little bit further in that process while I'm going on with all these other projects that I have, that I'm working on. So, and I just love a good short story where you can sit down in, you know, not much time, depending on the size of the, of the story. And you can sit down and have this complete tale that you've gone through. And especially some short stories, it's just the arc that you see in the character in such a a few words is amazing and incredible to me just as a reader uh, to see that. And so it's fun to try that as a a writer. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to limb here for myself and I want to know your answer too, but my favorite short story, I totally agree with you. I love short stories. I love novels too, but short Mm -hmm. stories, they, they can grab you. And I think the, the best of the best for me is Shirley Jackson's The Lottery. It was, it was such a surprise. I mean, I read it way back in high school, but the way it crafted everything else. Do you have a short story that's your favorite? Oh, goodness. That's going to be hard. Let me think. Right? <laughs> um, and I don't know that I've read a ton of them necessarily. I mean, I've read, I, I'm a big yeah. Stephen King fan. So a lot of his mm-hmm. compilations, whatever you want to call it, have, were short stories. So there's a lot there too. Um, you know, but, but I feel like Shirley's is just that's that's it anyway sorry no i think that was definitely a good one because yeah and then another one that comes to mind is battle royale and i cannot remember who wrote that um my english professors are are shaking their heads right now (laughs) 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 i I did a double major in journalism and english um so we read a lot of that kind of stuff but but that was another one just the the cruelty of of human nature coming Mm. through in such a few words. Um, and also that empathy that I talked about earlier, you know, mm. understanding being in someone else's shoes. Um, hmm. Battle Royale. I'll yeah. check that one out. Yeah. That was, that was, that's just one that sticks out to me for some reason. It's amazing how much story affects our lives. And we, and I, and I never thought about it until I started doing this podcast more and more. And it's just so huge. Yes. All right. So uh, I have, I have my last question ready in just a minute, but I want to make sure that everybody can connect with you, Joy. What's the best place? And I'll put some links in my show notes on the website, but what's the best place you send people to, uh, to connect with, with Joy? Okay. Well, you can find me on any social media. Um, I'm at Joy E. Rankatory. And I always have to break it down. I spell it ran cat Ori, O-R-E, like the or, but you just pronounce the E. So (laughs) (laughs) I still, you know, I've been married for, let's see, I think we're getting close to 14 years now and I still have to break it down every time I spell it. (laughs) But, and then my website is joyerankatory.com. So super simple. If you can just figure out that spelling on the last name, you'll find me pretty much anywhere. Awesome. Well, I'll put those links all in the show notes. Um, 
So Joy, if someone were to tell you that you can no longer be a storyteller, once you're past that anxiety of that, what would your last story be that you'd want to make sure that the world heard? Okay, this is a really, <laughs> this is a really hard uh, question. Um, I don't know that I could say a particular story, but I hope that whatever it is would be one that ends with hope and would point the readers to the one source of true hope and joy and peace and all of those things. So there's that. If we're speaking of a more figurative way though, this is something that came to my mind. I think as much as I hope that my words are lasting beyond my time here on earth, um, I believe that the last story that I will tell will actually be told through my children. And I hope that I've passed on to them um, a love of God and a desire to live for him that they share with others, but also a love of literature. You know, they, they read late into the night. They, they love books just about as much as I do. Um, and so I hope that, that they share both of those loves um, as they continue through their lives. I love that. I love that. And out of over a hundred answers, uh, it's new every time. And my, my story will be told to my children is a, is another new one. So very cool. Oh, wow. yeah. Awesome. Well, Joy Rankatori, thank you so much for making time to be on the Storytellers Network. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate, I appreciate it very much. Thank you so much for having me, Dan. This has been a blast. Joy E. Rankatori, thank you so much for being on the show. I love this quote, by the way, from Joy's website. Words have built empires, articulated the deepest passions of the heart, defended beliefs, and spread the power of dreams. Words hold great and lasting power. So true. What a great conversation. What a great conversation. Thank you so much, Joy. You can connect with her at the links in the show notes. Enjoy the episode. Share with someone who could benefit from it. Social media, a personal email, sharing and conversation all help spread the word on these conversations with storytellers. Let's change the world together, shall we? And if you want to share your story with me, go to thestorytellersnetwork.com to connect with me or email me directly, dan at thestorytellersnetwork.com. Be sure to subscribe to the email list for new episodes and insider information and connection with me. Thank you so much for joining me on this journey. Until next time, here's to telling our stories and having those stories to tell. Cheers. Mm-hmm.